Lore Lord was like the first person to ever reach out to me and try to do a space. This was back in like, I think March or February. So uh, always got to be loyal to the people loyal to me. And I'm really happy to be here, man. Fuck yeah, bro. Um, as always, I'm fucking, I'm super proud of your growth, man. And, and things are going, but how are you just individually, man? How are you doing? Eddie, Britt, what's going on with you guys? What's in, what's in, what's going on in your world today? Um, I think Eddie's going to have to leave and come back if he can't hear anything. So I guess technical difficulties are going on right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's fucking happening. Uh, let me see here. Fucking, uh, crazy man he's going coming back on what's going on in your world nft god what's what's new for you what's good what's great what what's going on uh it's going really well i mean growth in, in any part of life is always the best feeling in the world learning new skills building a platform uh things like that and, and right now th things are, are growing well so uh it's, i'm happy man it's great everything's great and and uh connections you build in the space make it even better and i'm just happy to be here fuck yeah has it even phased you how big you've gotten has like has it hit you yet sort of it, it sort of has you know i'm and this is like the most cliche response to that question of all time uh but i'm i'm, I'm just focused on what's next and i'm thinking less about the past and more about what's coming up and you know i'm building out my newsletter uh, I'm, I'm collabing with some other content creators in the space to do something bigger. And it's, uh, you know, I'm just thinking about what's next. And it's really the growth uh, that gets you there. But of course, you always got to take a second and pause and be grateful. So, you know, it's, it's a mix of a lot of emotions. Fuck yeah, bro. We keep going. Eddie, do we have you back now? Are you doing well? Do you want to just hang tight and we'll move forward? Am I back? You're back, yeah, homie. Oh my lord! Every time I was I was listening, I'm listening. Like ten words come in, and then all of a sudden it was like mute for me. I'm like, "Do you hear anything?" And Brittany's like, "Yeah, I can hear everything." I was like, "Okay, I, I need to keep coming back." So sorry to have to jump on and off, but uh, you know, I'm ready, ready to, uh, ready to rock and roll. Let's fucking go, baby. Um, hell yeah, man. Well, let's fucking jump into it, man. Tonight, uh, we are tackling uh, monetization, homies, uh, and and uh, you know, kind of what what to do as a, as a creator, how to go about mon monetizing your stuff. Um, and I think that we can kind of cover it everywhere from a um, a Twitter space to um, you know you, whether you're trying to launch a brand on YouTube or an, or another platform. Um, but it's it's important kind of to know the whole a whole bunch of different ways that you can go about uh, monetizing stuff. I know Eddie's definitely going to have some ways that I didn't think about or add um, into the to the discussion. Um, but, uh, but but well, I've been thinking about changing my name, Lord Lord. Um, ever since the NFT guy been putting up his post about writing threads, you know, I've been taking the time to write threads throughout the week, and uh, you know, the name Threddy is looking really nice right. now. Bro, I, I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. I've been you think I can blow up faster? Threaty money. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I actually, I like Eddie. It's short and sweet. I, I think that's, uh, I think that's what's catching on nowadays. You got to keep your original branding, man. You got it. That's also another post from NFT God that I got, you know, keep, keep your branding, keep your PFP, 
Uh, Lord Lord is breaking rules right now. By the way. I am. I am. And and you know what? We might as well jump into this first. Uh, I know that I put it in uh, in the agenda that I sent to to NFT God, and uh, yeah, it's something I wanted to talk about. And I figure well, let's let's jump in with that. And I think that that's probably a good place to start that'll um, get us into these other aspects. Uh, but you made a post saying uh, that you believe that uh, uh, you believe in keeping the same profile picture. Um, and, uh, I wanted to get on your take on it. I have a different point of view. Um, but I want to get your, I want to get your take on NFT God. Yeah. I'm a big fan of branding. I think branding is critical to growth, especially on Twitter. On Twitter, the first thing you see when you're scrolling is the profile picture and then the name the, is, is the right of it. So it's the second thing you see. But at the same time, the profile picture is so much more noticeable than the name, right? And so if you change your profile picture, a lot of the times you become semi-unrecognizable as people are scrolling. And I know for me, I have some people subconsciously, I really like their tweets. And when I see their profile picture as I'm quickly scrolling on my Twitter, recognizing their PSP causes me to stop. I don't even see the names. It's really the, the profile pictures that stand out. So, you know, I tweeted a few days ago, you should never change your PSP. And I know it's this way for me. I know it's this way for some people I've talked to that, you know, your branding in that PSP is what makes you recognizable. And, you know, you really want consistency because every time you change your profile picture, you're basically resetting your branding. And when you reset your branding, you really need to then start working back from zero to gain that kind of subconscious trust with your audience. And, and so that's really where my approach came from. But I know you have an opposing view because uh, you have a brand new profile picture for this space. I do. Uh, I fucking do. So I, I am. Um, I So... Uh, I agree with you. I agree with you when, when you're talking about branding and starting from branding, but um, I, I also believe that there's a lot in a name. Uh, so the, the, the whole thing of what's in a name, I think there's a lot. I think today NFT God could pick a um, board API club or pick a wicked bone club um, and your name and your branding would still stay strong. Um, I think that you would, I think that your name is your reputation. Um, and it, that, that the, um, I understand adopting it as, uh, you know, that, that picture, but I think that you could move on at this point in your career to any picture there is, and everybody's still going to be looking for NFT God and what NFT God has to say on a certain subject. Um, because there's a lot more to NFT God than just the, the profile picture. It's the name that, that comes into it. Um, and so, uh, I, and I also think that maybe for other influencers or, or people who are making a name for themselves in the, in the space that are tied to, you know, any single, um, uh, profile picture um, that, you know, there could be a, um, it could be seen as like, well, that person's just from that community. And, and, uh, um, I don't know. I think that you could, you of all people would be able to switch in and out, uh, with no problem. It would be, it would be the name that we'd follow. Like you might have to do it something so that it, you couldn't do it. Like 
I don't know, I guess inconsistently, inconsistently, but if every month you change your profile picture, I think that you would still be in a good space. It's like, oh, well, I'm highlighting, um, you know, this, uh, this PFP this time because of whatever reasons you are, you're, you're doing it. Um, but I, I don't know. That's the way I think about it. I think there's a lot in the name. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I can lean on either one, but I can see what you guys are both saying. I see the, the, the good and the bad. Um, but one thing that there is to point out when you are switching your PFP, you can use it as uh, like a guerrilla tactic, you know, to get behind, you know, get into a project, get community members to listen to you, maybe accept you up on stage or, or that sort. Um, I know there's plenty of other spaces to jump in, but if you were really trying to infiltrate a community or be part of, um, you know, a certain, you know, builders group, uh, changing your PSP could help with that type of acceptance too. So, Well, here's the thing your profile picture is your brand, right? And when people see your profile picture over and over and over again, and they start attaching it to your product, your product being your content, they start linking the two. So when people see my, you know, monkey on the timeline, they link it to whatever it is, threads, you know, self-improvement, whatever it is, they, they link that content to that picture. Now, if I were to change my profile picture, you know, will my content change? No, my content will be exactly the same and people will still like it. But the emotion won't be attached to that new profile picture. So let me give you an example. Say if Apple changed their logo from, you know, the iconic Apple logo. Will people still buy their iPhone? Yes. They still will have arguably the best phone on the market. But when you walk by their store, as you're walking down the street, you're not going to feel that same emotion when you see the new logo above the storefront, right? Like when you walk down down the street and you see that iconic Apple logo above the store, there's emotions and feelings and thoughts that come with seeing that logo. And depending on how you feel about the company, for me, it makes me want to go inside and play around with all the electronics, just seeing that logo. And if they were to change that, their product would stay the same. It still would be very high quality, but I, I wouldn't feel that same emotion as I walk by it going down the street. And so that's when I, why I say you should never change your logo because people attach your content to that logo. Now, here's a, you know, a, a, a different example, and, and I don't mean to ramble here. BP oil, right? They had the same icon for years and years and years and years, decades. Then they had that major oil spill uh, in the Gulf. What did they do right after they cleaned that up? They changed their logo because the emotions of that disaster in the environment became attached to their logo. And so they completely changed it so that every time you drive down the street and see a BP oil station, you don't think about that natural disaster anymore. You think about their new reset branding. And so that's why I sent out that tweet, never change your profile picture, because you, you lose your brand and you lose all that emotion that people build up when they see your picture. I will fucking take it under consideration, but I have my reservations. I'm uh, with you, NFT God. I feel like when I'm changing it, people don't interact with me as much. And then when my friends change their PFPs, I'll be like, oh, who's that? Almost missed you. You don't look familiar. So I'm with you on that all the way. I agree, unfortunately. 
see what we got here. So that's going to take us into our that's going to take us into our, our next point, right? We're talking about brand building um, and whether it's uh, the the profile picture, the name. Um, none of that matters unless you are somebody that your audience and that your brand trusts, right? Um, and so I think that what we have to talk about is um, this idea of um, integrity, right? In the quote unquote influencer game. Um, I think that we all know, especially here in the NFT space, uh, that there are a lot of unsavory characters. There's a lot of people who will shill you, um, a, a bunch of stuff or, um, that may not have a good name reputation in, in the space. Um, and they're out here partnering with poor projects and, and trying to, um, offload those projects onto their base. Um, and so I think that the first thing is that you've got to recognize that um, being, you know, being in this game whatsoever in, in any capacity, you really want to have a, a good name um, to be a solid character, to, to be somebody that, um, that people, you know, know that they can, that they can trust that you're a reliable source of information. Um, and I think you have to have that above everything. And I didn't know if there was something that you want to add to that. Um, you know, but yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Part. Yeah. I'd like to add to it because integrity has been something I've completely focused on since I created this account back in December of last year. That's kind of my number one principle of everything I do is I, I, I want to keep my integrity because when you lose that integrity, there's no going back. It's done forever. You, you always think that. Like when you think of Firestone tires, at least for me, I, I'm 32. I don't know. Maybe this is dating myself. But I, I always think of like there was this huge controversy like 20 years ago where like Firestone tires were exploding left and right. And they kind of lost that integrity. And I guess it comes back to our branding conversation a second ago. Kind of once that stuck with you, it, it can't quite go away. And so... A lot of, I hate the word influencers. I like to use thought leaders more, but maybe that's not even appropriate for a lot of people. You know, a lot of these influencers in the space, they cash out early. You know, maybe they start shilling a project, whatever it is. And you kind of lose that integrity subconsciously where people will now think of you as, okay, they're, they're just going to, you know, sell me projects. They're just going to try to get money out of me. And so if you're trying to build a brand for yourself, and we'll eventually get into the topic of monetization, but there's going to be ethical ways to monetize and kind of other ways to monetize that will hurt your integrity. And you want to make sure when you're monetizing, you're doing it in a way where it supports your brand and it supports your integrity. And, and that's what I've been focusing on as I, as I build this brand. Can we, can we focus for a second? I know it's not on the agenda, but can we focus on for a second, the, the type of promos that we hate, uh, even as like, uh, consumers, you know what I'm saying? In the, in the FT space. Um, I don't know. I think one of the, one of the ones that I have is, um, the, even the, the highly paid ones that shill things that, you know, are, are certain to go to zero and they put, they, they, they put ad on it. Um, and they have like a, a BAYC and a high follower account. Um, and I'm not going to name people specifically, but it's like, that's the one that I hate. It's like, why are you backing? Why are you using your good name, um, and reputation to back, um, that somebody who just paid you a few shillings. Um, and it's always the like comment retweet. I hate that one. Uh, and I don't know why it gets under my skin I, and I've never seen you do it. NFT God never once. 
Yeah, I've uh, I, I tweeted about this a while ago. Maybe I'll, I'll do it again. But th- there's it's something interesting about Twitter, and, and you'll never see me tweet something like that. And the reason being is I just think there's this mentality. I don't know what it is. Something about Twitter is it, it, it represents your brand a lot. Close. I'm trying to figure out the right way to word this. A lot people associate what you do on Twitter to you. And what I mean by that is if you start selling on Twitter, your integrity will, will start to degrade, right? And so if you're going to sell, you want to do it in other places. And so I find that doing the retweets, the giveaways are like the lowest touch, the lowest intellect way to do monetization. Um, but even just like talking about projects, even if you're talking about projects, I think a lot of people view it as shilling. And it hurts your reputation. And so I try to avoid any of that on my Twitter because I think that's what represents your reputation the most is what you do on Twitter. So if you're going to try to monetize in any sort of way or sell or whatever it is, you you don't want to do it on Twitter. Your goal should be to drive a funnel to other platforms um, because Twitter really represents your brand and the people doing the giveaways, like that's just patching out, right? Like they're going to get paid to do that. But like, that's it. They're done. No other brands are going to take them up on anything. Like, it brings me back to a saying uh, that I really like, which is the longer you wait to ask for something, the more you can ask for. So the people going on Twitter and just cashing out and just doing like a really stupid kind of giveaway, like they're not going to be able to ask for anything more because they ask for something so quickly. So I, I know I went into a lot of different areas and I'm probably going to unpack each one of those. Uh, as we go along here, but I- I'm with you, Lola. That kind of giveaway, that kind of cash out mentality on Twitter, it, it really damages these brands, and it-, it gets under my skin as well. Can I just ask NFT God? Have you ever been um, questioned, or you know, Approach. somebody approached you to do a rug, and you turned it down? And if so, what was the biggest bag that they offered you? Well, I mean, no one goes to you and says, hey, I want you to sell my rug. Do you mind promoting it? Uh, but a lot of people do come to me and say, hey, I have this project. Can you promote it? I get about, um, and it, honestly, probably about 15 of them a day, every single day. Uh, they all come in overnight. So they're all happening. Somewhere, someone's DMing me from somewhere else uh, trying to get me to do these projects. Uh, but yeah, I get about 15 of them a day. I mean, the, the most, you know, impactful way to market a product in 2022 is through influencer marketing. So I don't blame them for reaching out to me. Uh, but I, I don't even respond, honestly. Actually, I do respond now. I say, hey, if you're looking, uh, the only partnerships I do are through my newsletter uh, sponsorship spot. So we'll get into it a little bit later. But the way I am currently monetizing is a sponsored section in my newsletter that is clearly marked as sponsored and is not from my voice, it's from the voice of the project itself. Um, but I, I, yeah, I get that all day, every day. And I don't even ask for their, their price of what they want to do because I would never, I would never consider shilling something on my Twitter. Did you ever, um, did you ever have to go through like a Twitter revamp or like clean up any, you know, shilling or anything that you might have done in the beginning? Or were you kind of pretty clear on what you were going to use your platform for from the beginning? So this is a kind of a whole other different discussion too, but I'll I'll touch on it a little bit. I do believe your 
approach to audience building shifts as you grow, right? So when you're under a thousand followers, I do believe it is acceptable for you to talk about projects, to shill projects, to really interact with communities. And what I mean by that is like, when I was under a thousand followers, I was obviously very deep into the creeps community. I was in that discord every single day. And 99% of my tweets were about creeps. And so when you're under a thousand followers, you really can't be corrupted because you don't have the pull to influence you know, massive amounts of people to do different things, right? So when it comes to growth strategy, I actually believe it's a good idea to talk about projects when you're like sub 1000, because you can really get the community to buy into you and follow you to build that platform. But for me, my strategy shifted dramatically once I got above, I think like 2000 followers, I totally stopped talking about projects specifically uh, and talked more about kind of the macro environment of NFTs overall because I didn't want to come off as a shiller, for instance. But I think that type of strategy, and it's something I did when I talked about creeps when I was under a thousand, is not only acceptable, but smart, because it really gets you ingrained into a community and gets people to work with you. Are there more, or are there more milestones further the thousand that you, you know, things start changing? Like, do you have any more rules? Like when you hit 5,000, it should be this way. Or, I mean, I realized you jumped, you jumped pretty, pretty quick. So um, you know, it might not pertain to yourself, but like just for anyone who is um, trying to build their brand, um, do you do you have additional milestones that would uh you know in- increase your organic following? Yeah, I, I it's a great question. It's something I talk about a lot, and something I just hinted at. Is you, your strategy does have to change with several different milestones. And so my timeline was I created, uh, I started tweeting on December twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. Uh, I went from zero to a thousand followers from December to I think March. So in March I hit a thousand from you know being really involved in the, the the creeps community. All I did was tweet about creeps, right? And everyone got behind me. Everyone talked to me. I had great engagement because we were all talking about creeps, and I got super ingrained in that one little micro niche. Then around March I got to like one thousand, and I. I went up like one layer of a niche. I, I started talking more about P2E. So I started my blog and I started uh, writing about, there was a, a, a project called 420 game that came out at that time. That was like a P2E game. And I started talking about them. I started talking about P2E as a whole. So my niche went up a level. And then I worked on that. And from like March to like May, I went from 1,000 to 5,000 followers. And once I got to 5,000, I started talking more about NFTs from a higher level. So at that 5,000 mark, I stepped up my niche one more layer to more of just kind of NFTs as a whole. And then I put out a thread in June, right? So I was at 5,000, I think from like May to June. And then June, I put out a thread about NFTs that went super viral, got like uh, 9,000 likes. And that overnight put me from 5,000 followers to 15,000 followers. And then once I hit 15, I probably would have done it around 10,000. But once I hit 15, that's when I like went, you know, I'm not at like the highest, broadest level yet. But now I'm at the level from 15 to where I am now, where about half my content is like uh, self-improvement and habits and, you know, things I have studied a lot and worked on a lot in my life. And the cross-section of that with Web3. 
So once I got to about that 10,000 mark, that's when I went up another level of a niche to the cross section of self-improvement in Web3. And that's kind of where I've been and plan on being for quite a while. But to, to kind of sum it all up, you know, there is a strategy involved with growth. There is kind of a, 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 a playbook. And you need to think about where you are and, and what type of content is appropriate for the size of your audience and who they are. Fuck you. I love that you say that because it's so important to have that balance. And a lot of influencers don't um, take on that responsibility of making sure that their audience's mental health is a priority. And I really feel that with you. And I do appreciate those tweets every single time I see them. I'm like, thanks for that reminder. I love that. I needed that today. And I'm sure everybody on the timeline feels the same way when you say, when you check that. That's, that's awesome to hear. And yeah, like the thing is too, I see a lot of other people doing similar things. Uh, it, it has to be authentic, right? Like I started doing that because for me, as I was growing and as I got more into NFTs, it was mentally difficult to like be super ingrained in the space. When you're getting the dopamine hits of gambling on NFTs, when you're getting the dopamine hits of getting likes and comments and replies on a tweet, it is very mentally dangerous. And so I had to start learning those balancing techniques. I had to start learning about journaling and, and just, you know, being aware and things like that. And so I just started tweeting about those things as I learned them. And that's kind of how I, I got into that new niche. So the, the takeaway there is you got to be authentic too. because It shines through your tweets. Authenticity, man. Authenticity. Uh, the other one I messed up today uh, was monetization, and everybody wants to point it out. I got it. It didn't fit on the flyer. I thought it looked cooler, and I left it there because I didn't think anybody was going to call me on it, dog. I've ruined my reputation. I understand. Monetization. It's misspelled. Man. I got it. Chaos. Chaos. Lord. Chaos. <laughs> Uh, let's see what we got here, bro. Uh, oh, and then here, you know, I think we touched on it a little bit as well, but what I did want to talk about was, um, the like integrity within the brand that you're, uh, that you're, you know, in a partnership with, um, that you're helping promote and stuff. Oh, damn. You know, it's, you know, it's a big deal when Shirley Lowe is in the house. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, that making sure that when whatever it is that you're promoting, um, is authentic and, and I mean, somewhat ethical, like again, staying away from rugs. Right. And it's kind of like, what do you do to vet that? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, the way I, I currently monetize is I have a newsletter with around 7,500 subscribers. And in that newsletter, I have a sponsored section that's clearly marked sponsored. I also have a blurb right before it that says, please do your own research. Just because they are part of this newsletter doesn't mean you should invest, you know, invest wisely. Um, and so when I partner with these brands that are in that sponsored section, I do my research, right? I'll look at their socials. I'll look at their projects. I'll look at their ether scan to see if people were actually minting the project or whatever it is. I'll verify that they're real people. There's only so much you can do, right? Like Magic Eden has put in projects on their launch pad that have turned out to be rugs, right? Like they, and supposedly they like uh, have to dock the founders and interview them and talk to them on Zoom and all that. And even then rug pulls get past, put past them. I've never had that situation where I ended up promoting a rug pool. But the, the point, the, the moral of the story is this. There's only so much research you can do when you're working with Web3 brands. 
you really, you know, you, you do your due diligence, but it's impossible to know everything. It's like, I'm not a private investigator. So, you know, really the best you can do in Web3, because this is a space that I think has a higher than average amount of scam artists in it and shady characters, you know, do your due diligence, warn the audience that, you know, do your own research and do your own due diligence yourself. And I think, you know, the ethics and standards of Web3 and how to monetize are still being figured out. But for me, I think that's a fair and ethical way to handle sponsorships and researching who you're working with. Fuck yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, man. Um, for me, uh, when I'm working, I, the way that I do it is I work with a lot, I guess not, uh, with a lot of local folks, a lot of folks that are dealing with IP for their own stuff. Um, you know, and I, I, we, I think we've been fortunate enough to be able to, to not be as popular, right. To where we have, um, projects hitting us up. And I don't know how I would feel about, um, shilling a, a certain project per se, um, as an, as an ad, I, I'm not there yet. I haven't had to cross that bridge. Um, you know, and, and I don't know. Um, I guess I would have to do the, uh, the NFT God method and, and, um, hopefully feel good about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, what I did want to talk about and kind of get into was, um, is one of the, one of the easiest, like some of the easy things that you could do to kind of, uh, get started. And, uh, one of the ones that I wanted to point out was, uh, doing giveaways, doing give, well, wait, audience, first of all, how, before we even get into that, how big should an audience be before you start looking to, to do that monetization? Yeah, it really depends. You know, if you're going to, the, the larger you are and the longer you wait, as I kind of said before, like the, the longer you wait, the more you can ask for. Uh, you know, if you're like a, a 1,000 follower account and you start doing giveaways, your reputation is going to be shot. And, you know, you're going to start building kind of a crappy audience who's just there to get giveaways and, like you, you're, it's going to be really hard for you to grow. You're really going to hurt your growth. Um, but if you wait till 10, 20, 30, 40, whatever it is, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot easier for you to maintain your integrity and also monetize. Now, you specifically mentioned giveaways, as I kind of talked about before. I'm just not a fan of giveaways as a monetization strategy in the way you see it a lot on Twitter, which is like, like retweet for this. I know you do brand partnerships with, uh, I think it was Egen Coffee, where you give away the coffee to people in there. I think that's fine because it's, it's kind of that brand partnership, you're, and you're doing it on the space. But I really, truly believe your Twitter timeline is like your billboard. When people look to see what the lore lore or the NFT god brand is, they go to your Twitter timeline, and if they're scrolling and they see advertisements or giveaways, it true. I, I don't even care if you have 10 million followers. Like if Gary Vee started tweeting advertisements or giveaways, like it, it just still, I think it would hurt his integrity as well. So I think there's ways to monetize uh, giveaways. You know, I, I wouldn't hate doing it in my newsletter. If like I partnered with a brand and they said, hey, you can give 10 or follow, 10 year subscribers, you know, an NFT or whatever, maybe I would consider it because I think this. The, the newsletter as a platform just much more ethical of a way to do those types of things. But for some reason, the way I think people look at Twitter, your tweet, your, your timeline is so closely connected to your branding and reputation that I think any sort of giveaways 
any sort of advertisements, partnerships, things like that, that you put on your timeline, it's like a tattoo on your chest. And I think people view that differently and it really impacts your brand. Yeah. So, um, I, so I, I, uh, I appreciate that. Um, I would say that I'm not I'm not a hundred percent against uh, uh, giveaways. Like you said, you mentioned the the DJ coffee. I think that what they have to be um, is uh, is strategic. And uh, I like the way that you pointed out that yes, we give them away like on the space. And uh, generally speaking, the way that we'll we'll go about that is we'll just randomly decide what day of the week that we're that we're giving away a DJ coffee, and we might announce it a little bit inside the uh, hey come check out. Uh, this guest and we'll be giving away um, uh, that coffee. But um, I think that it's a great way for you to um, reward your audience a little bit. And of course, that's not going to be monetization in the sense that you for example, we don't profit off of the DJ and coffee thing, right? Um, it's just a cool little giveaway that we can give to people who are active listeners. And I think that um, when you do kind of like uh, uh, shows like this, that they're fun to have. Um, and so when I look to find folks that are, are doing giveaways, I like it to be obviously something NFT based. I like it to be um, somebody that I can uh, uh, relate to. So it's usually somebody that I've spoken to before on the show. Um, there are others that I want to get on and do more. Um, I even like the idea that you said of doing, uh, NFT giveaways and doing like one a month, um, through, through your newsletter. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I wouldn't feel any, uh, I wouldn't feel like, uh, NFT God is leading me astray. Um, in fact, I would, I'd, chances are I probably want to, uh, engage more, but I do see your point where you start building a, a thing of people who, um, how do you say are just there for the giveaway and so i think uh i don't know man and also i'd like to point out that i have the most chaotic system when it comes to doing those giveaways <laughs> let's say like uh sure dude interact with it in some way uh like it just so i can find your name uh and be able to then we'll pick a number and then, <laughs> and then I'll start it's counting. random it's DJing. it's <laughs> lower lord uh, sure. uh, and so they will just pick no and, and listen i you asked me a complex question. I think I gave you a simple answer. I don't think it's as simple as what I said. I think there's a lot of other factors to it. I think when you do giveaways on spaces, I, I really don't believe there's, I don't think that hurts your integrity or branding. I think there's a very big, big difference between doing a giveaway on your space and kind of on your timeline. Uh, and I also believe there's factors involved, like who the brand is that you're associating yourself with. Like if I do a That's giveaway a for like one. lazy llamas, right? Some random cartoon zoo animal bullshit. Like that's going to hurt my integrity being associated <laughs> with something that's <laughs> most likely <laughs> a rug pull. Right. But given away like an actual physical coffee product, you can probably get away with that without taking a single hit to your integrity at all. So I, I don't see any issue with that specifically whatsoever. Very cool. Uh, awesome. I, I got a, I got a, I got the green light from the NFT. God, I'm feeling good. Whew. I was getting, I was no, sitting I, there I, for a second doggy. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm feeling that these are good. This is a good, um, I mean, it's a good ball toss on like what, what platform you can use the same strategy on. Cause you know, we're bouncing from the email to the Twitter to spaces and you know, every every platform has their different capabilities so this is uh this is cool to hear the the audience aspect of it but um yeah i'm i'm thinking about how you can do it does it help if it's more randomized like you saying like giveaway on spaces might be cool 
if you're doing a giveaway every day and people are expecting that, would that attract more people than when you randomly do it? And it's, uh, people are just going for the spaces and then they might happen to catch a giveaway. I think that could also affect it as well. Uh, possibly. Here's one thing you just said, Eddie, though, that I want to, I think that a good point that I want to unpack a little bit. And you mentioned it depends on the platform. The, the platform you're doing it on matters as well. So I look at your brand marketing as a funnel, right? And your Twitter timeline, when you tweet, that's really the top of the funnel because Twitter is sending that out to everyone and the algorithm can put that in front of millions of people if it decides. And if people start retweeting it, it could spread like wildfire. So your Twitter timeline is your absolute top of the funnel. And this is where people who might not know who you are is going to get familiar with your brand and start sticking emotions to your PFP. Now, you go a little bit further down that funnel. Then you got your Twitter space. That might be the level under the funnel because you're, there, there are ways where you can randomly stumble into a Twitter space, but most likely if you're joining someone's Twitter space, you have some sort of already kind of familiarity with who's speaking, right? So that might be a, a, a layer lower in the funnel because you might already be a fan of that person. You might already have positive emotions attached to that person. And now you have a little leadway when it comes to monetization because you're going to have a little bit of forgivability there because that person's already a fan of yours in one way or another. Then you go a step further down that funnel, right? And now maybe you're talking about a newsletter like I do, or you're talking about a podcast on Spotify or, you know, some other form of content that someone would drive you to further down the funnel. And now you have a lot of forgivability when it comes to monetization. And that's why I'm fine monetizing my newsletter. Because if you are on my newsletter, that means you read my tweets, read enough of my tweets where you've built up a trust to give, my, give me your email address. And then not only have you given me your email address, now you've seen my name pop up in your email inbox and you've willingly decided to dedicate a certain portion of your day to reading a long form piece of content me, uh, by me in your inbox. And now that trust, like that's the maximum trust you can build with a person consuming your content. And so at that point, I'm very comfortable putting a sponsored column in front of you because I know there's that trust between you and I where I can do something like that. And so to, to bring it back to my original point, Eddie, what you were talking about is like, it, it just depends where in the funnel you are and the deeper in the funnel you are with your fans the more leeway you're going to have to do giveaways and monetization and sponsorships and things like that. Fuck yeah, bro. Um, NFT God building that trust doggy. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I'm just curious. Do you monetize your newsletter subscription emails in any other way? No, I do not. Uh, the only monetization I have in the entire NFT God brand is my newsletter sponsorship column. That is the only way I, I get any revenue. Uh, there's other options I have. So I'm on Substack, and Substack makes it very easy if I wanted to, to monetize not only my newsletter, if I want to make it like a paid newsletter, monetize specific sections of the newsletter, if I want to block off content, put a paywall, uh, put a paywall on a podcast, whatever I want to do, things like that. I could do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, because I, for me, when it comes to making money 
I want to take it as slow as humanly possible. I want to make sure every move I do when it comes to that is perfect and supports my brand all the way. Uh, so no, when it comes to the newsletter, I'm only doing that sponsored column because for me, with the size I am, I think that's right now the only monetization opportunity I have that supports my brand and doesn't hurt my trust or integrity with my audience, like even 1%. NFT God, the fucking Joe Rogan of the NFT space. It's always going to be free. <laughs> I love it, dude. I fucking love it. Uh, let me see here. Um, yeah, man. Well, I mean, I do think that there are some things that folks can do to get started. I mean, you mentioned right now your sub stack, you already have a lot of content built into that. Um, and you've been able to, uh, to, to monetize it. And you even have options with Substack to where you could say portion, you know, monetize portions of, of your newsletter, uh, which you have decided not to do, but they are possible. And I think that there are other things possible, um, that, that folks could do today that, that have small brands, but, uh, that includes a setting up a donation button on Twitter. I'm wondering how come you've never done that. I see it all of the time, but I also don't know how effective it is. How many people are actually getting paid off of the donation button on Twitter? Yeah, here, there's only one reason I've never asked for a tip or a donation. It's because me personally, when I come across a piece of content and it ends or begins or whatever has begins with a, you know, a donation link. I just look at that piece of content differently. Right. And like, I don't have data around this. Uh, I have a, a really close friend of mine who I, I talk about all this stuff with uh, and bounce ideas off of. He was in the audience a second ago. Um, and you know, when I'm about to do something big, like monetize or something like that, I always kind of ask him and get his opinion. And so I, I had my news and I was thinking, do I want to put a, a tip, you know, my ETH address at the bottom, if anyone wants to tip me, like, I really, when I see that on other pieces of content, I, I, I just, it feels weird to me. So I asked him and he said, yeah, it feels really weird to me too. So I decided at that point not to do it. That, that was enough uh, decision making for me to decide not to do it. I, a lot of people do it. Uh, I think a lot of them, a good amount of them make money off of it. For me, as I said earlier, I'm at the point, I'm just hyper growth mode. Uh, I don't want to do literally anything that hurts my integrity or my reputation by even 0.0001%. And so for me, putting a tip jar on my newsletter or in my tweets, it may make me a few bucks, but is it worth it even at 1% hit in integrity when I have dreams of being 1,000 times bigger than this? I'm fine sacrificing those few bucks to make sure I have my complete reputation intact. And so for me, uh, I just don't want to get to that point just yet. Let's well, let's talk about that for a second, man. Um, I, I wrote it down, but um, you've, you've you've said that you've de you've said that several times. It's one of the things that I'm definitely getting as a theme in this conversation as uh, playing the long game, um, doing zero damage to to your reputation. And you just said right now that uh, in 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 your world, you want to be a thousand times bigger. So when you think about you being a thousand times bigger. What is the type of monetization that you that you hope to see grow and build for your future self? I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I don't know what that answer is. But I do know, you know, one of my number one principles in life, and I have a, I'm a big quote guy. I have like a quote for everything, but I forgot the quote for this one. I know I have it somewhere in the back of my head. I just can't remember it. But the quote goes something like, uh, 
the, the longer you wait for gratification, the better it'll be. And the, the fewest amount of people in the race are at the finish line. And so for me, I want to wait as long as humanly possible for that payday, for that gratification, for, for whatever that monetization is, that big one. I want to wait as long as humanly possible because the, the, the fewest amount of people are at the finish line. And you look at someone like Howard Stern, for instance, right? Howard Stern was just on the radio doing it for, you know, not much money and for sponsorships for the longest time. And he became, you know, he did it for 20, 30 years. And he became the biggest radio personality in the history of the human species. And it's at that point, after 30 years of perfecting his voice and becoming the greatest radio personality in the history of mankind that he decided to cash out and work for Sirius and everything became paywalled by Sirius, right? And he made like half a billion dollars on that contract. That's, that's what I want my strategy to be is just the longer you wait and the more you hold on to your integrity and your reputation, the more you can get out of it. And so I don't know what that end goal is. I don't even believe it's been defined yet. Like so much of Web3 is so new especially in the Web3 content side. Like, I don't think anyone really knows what the finish line of Web3 content is. Like, the biggest Web3 Twitter space on the planet is the Nifty. They get, like, 1,500 per episode a day. But, like, they, they only have, like, 5,000 YouTube subscribers. Like, it's not even, like, 10% of Into the Race is defined yet. Like, we're just running through this forest right now. We have no idea what's going to be past the next tree. And so I have no idea what my end goal or, you know, what the end profiting or whatever strategy is. But, um, you know, I'm just making sure I'm always just doing the next right thing and doing it in a way that preserves my reputation. So fucking brilliant. NFT God, you're a fucking head of our time, bro. You're, you're not only ahead of your time, bro, you're ahead of our time. I fucking love it. I love these conversations with you, bro. Uh, they make me so happy and fucking giddy inside. You you have no idea uh, fucking how it is, homie. Um, I love it. So insightful, bro. Um, yeah, man. Well, fucking, I'm not waiting. Uh, and then the other part that I love is being the opposite. Uh, a little bit of opposite of you. So I, I fucking like, um, I, well, here's the other thing too, is that I enjoy, um, getting to create and develop and do, uh, new content. So, um, you know, I, I, although I know that things like YouTube ads, for example, the podcast, I could put on anchor ads right now and do like ad reads for them and, and things like that. I've just kind of opted not to do that. It would just be promoting anchor. Um, I just don't see the value in it necessarily, uh, for me to do it. I know that folks could do Patreon, but that one is, um, I don't know, man. It, 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 I feel like it's very far removed for me, um, in web three. And that's kind of why I didn't go that way. So, you know, I, I wanted to be, um, creative kind of, I wanted to, um, really think about like, what, what could I do? Uh, and so that's where I came up with the, the ad token. And, uh, for me, what I liked about the ad token is that, well, of course, you know right away that I'm a fan of mayhem and chaos, and uh, I thrive in that world. Um, and so I fucking loved the idea of being able to buy uh, a radio ad uh, to insult your friends. 
<laughs> and that's really uh, that's really why fucking I started it. And I thought it would be fun to do um, for for brands like uh, uh, trait merch. Um, I could already see what those I- ideas would be like. I, th- I, th- I knew that there were creators in this space that were developing and utilizing IP um, that one might want to be able to, to take advantage of that. Um, and the truth is that I just genuinely like uh, producing those uh, fun little pieces of content, you know what I mean? And having a, a reason to build them. And so, um, that's definitely why I do it. And I've got to say, uh, I've enjoyed it. It hasn't been like, uh, insanely profitable, but I also don't see myself, uh, stopping doing it, uh, because I enjoy it that much. Um, and I can't wait to do one where somebody insults their friend or says happy birthday or, or decides to do something weird and strange with it. Um, because I wanted to inject a little bit of myself uh, when it comes into the the monetization aspect of it. Um, so I'd love to get your it's take. It's definitely on brand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think of that one more like a cameo. Like, you know, have you ever you heard that app before where you like pay yeah. for someone to like say your stuff? Honestly, it has more of a feel like that because it's like, uh, it's interactive, it's custom, you know, and it's, uh, it's live Monday through Thursday at, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so yeah. you got it. So I, I'd love to get your take in of T God on the, the 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 that idea and that concept of doing it that way, good or bad. I'm not I'm not looking for flowers, um, good or bad. Um, and then also what you thought about uh, also what you thought about the ads themselves when you heard them in, in the beginning. Yeah, so I have I, I I'm not too familiar with the economics of how that token works. So like I was. I, I always look, you know, check in on you, just what you're doing every once in a while, just because you're one of the OGs uh, in my circle. And I, I was familiar with the ad tokens and all the other NFTs you were creating. And I honestly, I don't, I, I'm not very familiar with the economics of how it works, how many have, how the price goes up and down. I just knew people could buy them to do the advertisements. And I just, I, I don't want to make any NFTs for myself because I don't want to balance any sort of economies at this time. I just don't want to spend any time balancing economies. But if you're just straight up selling a token and it allows people to put an advertisement and shit on their friends and you're having fun doing it, then I don't see any issue with it at all. And it's, and it's honestly a really unique idea that I don't think any other media brand's doing, which is alone can drive attention to you and your brand. So I have no issue with it at all. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, man. No, it's, it's, it's really, it's not even a real token, dude. It's just a, it's just a picture of a token. It's a NFT. And then you send that to a bird wallet and then you, uh, it's got unlockable content. You fill out the little Google form. You tell me what you want me to say. Uh, and then I try to find really cool music and a really cool way to say it and put it together. And it's fucking there in the beginning. And that's the other thing I liked about it is nobody was fucking doing it. And I said, fuck it. If these fucking guys are going to take money from fucking shills, I'm going to do something cooler. And that's what I came up with. So, um, I'm happy to be doing those. I fucking love them. They're fun. So no damage to yeah, the brand though. You say no damage to the brand doing that. No, not at all. I, I don't think, I think it's a really unique way to do it. It's not really, I, I don't think there's any damage at all. And you're having fun doing it at the end of the day. You should just do things that you find fun. It's really like one of the number one rules in life. Fuck yeah, baby. That's all we're Let's here to go. do. Let's fucking have fun. Jeez. Um, beautiful man. Oh, okay. So how about this one? I guess you already answered it, bro, because it, it, 
20 years, I'm going to be a thousand times better. And that's going to be my cash out. But merch, bro, I would buy some NFT God shit, dog. Uh, my birthday's right around the corner. I'd be like, babe, you got to get me the fucking, the NFT God fucking shirt, homie. You got to get me the, uh, uh, the NFT God cap. Um, so, uh, I was, he, bring, he brings the green fur to life. He's like, look guys, we could do some faux fur for everybody. You can look like NFT God. Yeah, that bro. Fucking some Halloween <laughs> masks. Uh, no, um, as a matter of fact, when we were talking about Shopify, we give away so much coffee. Um, and, uh, and, and we were talking about it in the back channels, like which we do. Uh, I actually, before we, we were trying to prep on this, I was trying to get the first coffee mug out from all of us radio using Shopify, but I just ran out of fucking time. Have you ever spent a day NFT God, um, trying to do shit? And then the things that you try to do just don't get accomplished. I, I fucking tried to, uh, do some stuff with VLC. It didn't work today. I tried to get this thing. I spent hours and I felt like I got nowhere. Um, but, uh, it was one of those days, man, but I wanted to get it up so that we could have that, but why doesn't NFT God, uh, or when will NFT God have, uh, merch, bro? I was actually thinking about this yesterday when I was looking at my sub stack, I really like the default font they put my name at, uh, at the banner of like one of my screens on my sub stack. I really like the way it looks. And I was like imagining it on a t-shirt. I thought it looked pretty cool. Uh, the reason why I, I haven't done it and I, I, I just don't have any short-term plans is like everything I do with my brand right now, I want it to be absolutely perfect. Like I, as I kind of talked about earlier, like I, I want, I'm full long-term vision right now. I want everything I do to support that long-term vision. And I believe if I just came out with like a rushed merch set while I was also busy building my newsletter and still building my Twitter, I think it would hurt my brand. And it's also just one extra thing I need to sell. And right now I want to sell as little as humanly possible. So, I mean, one day, like I'm not saying never going to do merch. I just don't think it fits into my narrative right now of my brand. You know, right now it's just give as much value as humanly possible and get as many people into the funnel as I can. And then maybe one day, if I, if I'm to the point where I feel like my audience is big enough, where I can start doing new, interesting ways to be creative, and I can fully focus on a merch brand, then I would do that. But for me right now, the upside of creating merch is I might make a few hundred dollars. The downside is I have to start selling something, and that could hurt my image. And so. The, the upside and the downside, like I do the, the pros and cons balance and it just doesn't make sense for me at the moment to, to create uh, merch. NFT God taking every piece of data there is in life and applying it yep. to his own fucking beautiful. Yep. As, as soon as the NFT God notebooks come out for a uh, That's what I'm thinking for that, sure. I'm, I'm going to be on that. Just saying. Bro. <laughs> I was, that was another thing I was thinking about too yesterday. I was walking back from the really good sandwich spot and I got a chicken caprese for the, for the record. And I was, uh, I was just thinking about that, the, the font of NFT guy that's on the sub stack. I, I just, I really liked it when I saw it. I, I was like, I feel like a notebook would really fit into my brand if I, if I started selling that. So 
Maybe one day, Eddie. Eddie, I'll send it to you for free. Remind me of that one day. I'll, you'll you'll be the first person to get it for free. Let's go. You heard it here. I, knew, I need in on that NFT, God. I, I might have to get in on that, too, if you don't mind. I You're knew, in. You're, everyone on stage is in. I knew NFT God would buckle with the giveaways. I fucking knew it. <laughs> We got you guys heard it. Merch is coming. No, I'm just fine. We got to gang up on him. <laughs> Fuck yeah, bro. Um, yeah, man. Fucking, uh, I, I like it, dude. Uh, let me see what else we got here. I want to make sure we cover everything before we start kind of opening it up to the floor um, for anybody that, that has to. Um, well, first of all, before we go any further, is there anything that you wanted to, to add in here um, that we, oh, oh, okay. Well, um, I, so I'm, I, I am of the believer that your, um, your trajectory is going to be much different than, than a lot of people's. And so, um, I see very much that you are very long-term and you're thinking very much, uh, 10, 15, 20, 30 years out of what, uh, NFT God will look like and, and what you, um, hope to, to achieve and accomplish. Um, but I also think that there are others that are, uh, are in different areas and stages. And so for example, an example of that is that, uh, last night we interviewed, uh, GTV, um, GTV is a, um, I, I don't know what to uh, production studio. Um, and what they've did, done is they've leveraged the IP of, uh, assets they have within Guttercat gang, um, to create a video series. Um, and, uh, they're, they're one to two minutes long and stuff. They're really, really fun. They're really cool. Um, but one of the things that they talked about is, um, they want for they, well, they had an ad, uh, already created from a pigeon doing a um, lawyer. It's a fake ad. It's a crazy fake ad. Just, uh, uh, you know, it's craziness. But I started thinking, and, and the, as these guys go to raise money to uh, continue to create this um, series, uh, I thought it would be fun advertising in the sense that um, it would be cool to see like what they're watching on TV. And then you insert a real ad in there, like for DJ coffee or something like that. Um, but I didn't know if you had, that, that was one of the things that I thought about when doing creative um, ways of monetizing. And it might be more difficult, um, but they might be fun. And I was curious if you, if you had any insight into how you think um, folks might use their IP now or their 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 ip uh that they're developing um for advertising in the future do you where, where do you see that happening and monetization in that area yeah it's interesting to think about because you know it's going to be weird not many people are doing it at the moment um but like if the some people take their board ape and start putting it on let's say pornography am I going to then want to take my board ape and then put it on my bookstore, right? Like people are going to see both of those and in some way, if they don't know about board API club, they're going to link them. Uh, so I don't, that doesn't address your question directly, but I think about the IP thing a lot. I think about if I were to start, you know, really expanding this brand, would I put this monkey on everything? Uh, I don't know. It really depends. Like I like what they did out in California with the burger joint because I think it works because no one else has been using their monkey for any sort of you know mainstream brand like that, like they did. Uh, I don't know how IP for NFTs is going to turn out. It's a really interesting thought exercise to have. 
Like what would happen if some people started doing this with their brand? Like if, if, if someone takes their mutinate and it's wearing, you know, the pimp coat that my mutinates is wearing and they do something that they start like a weed company. Right. And then I take mine and I start something that's on the complete opposite end. Like, will that impact my branding? Uh, I don't know. But the people doing it now, I guess they're ahead of the pack uh, and it could work out. I, I really, truly don't have any much strong opinions on how to really leverage the IP of your NFT. You know, I'm worried more about, uh, you know, just building the, the content I'm doing. And I don't really know. I can't think of really interesting ways to use my monkey, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, I said a lot there, but I, I don't really have too much of a strong opinion on kind of the IP side of things when it comes to like your NFT. Interesting, interesting. Uh, that's my go-to. It's one of my favorite things. It's one of my favorite things about the space. But I see your point, though, man. That's a crazy thing, uh, NFT. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to pull that apart too, because I mean, you have you have multiple. Like, let's just take Apes for example. You have multiple apes that differ from, um, you know, maybe uh, just a background or maybe just a, you know, a cigarette in the mouth. So, um, and if you're if you're even not even, not only if you're just branding on different sides of the spectrum, but uh, branding branding within the same thing that could be a problem. Um, I, I work at a packaging company for cannabis, and I have uh, put board apes um, onto packaging. And it, it right now it's very unique, but uh, I'm sure, you know, I have like two different customers who have done it, but I'm sure a month from now, two months from now, um, we're going to probably see a lot more of that and it'll be, you know, it'll be less unique and, uh, and we might have problems with, you know, identifying uh, brands inside of like a dispensary or something when you're shopping. So could be consumer issues for sure. Yeah. I yeah. Mean- Go ahead and she got. I was just going to say it's, it's an interesting thought exercise to think about how this all works out when once, you know, if Web3 was to go mainstream and people bought NFTs and everyone was putting them on these different brands and how all the brands would be interconnected and how people would look at them and if it would even be healthy for Board Apes overall. Like, is the Board Apes brand strengthened by people taking their monkeys and putting it on whatever it is? I don't, I don't know. Um, but not many people are doing it right now. So, uh, but yeah, just, just putting that out there. Lord, Lord, what's up? No, I was just saying, I liked your point too, about how, like, uh, um, for example, if, uh, you know, if somebody opened up a, a strip club and used the board ape for it, uh, and that's something that uh, the soccer mom uh, passes by every single day uh, on her way to work or something like that, she's not going to want her kid to have uh, a board ape back, you know, book bag or something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, she's not going to know the difference. But I, 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 interesting take how somebody could potentially ruin your brand uh, of you using uh, IP of the same um collection you know what i mean i never really thought about it that way and if yeah like if, it, if board apes are on every single strip club across america are people really going to want to go on open sea and buy a board ape for one hundred fifty thousand dollars? so that's why i've always been kind of suspicious of the whole ip model and everyone who wants the ip to their psp i i i don't i, I just don't i think there's a lot of risk a lot of people are not taking into account with that that's why there there is a lot of power in your name as well. So I would, I mean, it just jumps back to the very first conversation where in the moments where you're not using your, you know, a uh, visual picture of yourself, your name could be everything. Your reputation could, could mean a lot more. Um, 
you know, I'm not saying there are a lot of like web two brands um, that are pretty similar in name, but you know, um, are in different industries and that, you know, that is pretty much looked over. But yeah, like you said, if you're under the umbrella of the Basie banner, does the rising tide lift all boats? You know, these questions are still to be figured out in the future. Fuck yeah, man. Well, let's see here. I want to, uh, I want to go ahead and open it up. Uh, I'm going to go with CJZ. Uh, CJZ was hanging for a long time. Thank you for holding. Let's see what we got here, bro. CJZ is, uh, is the man. He's, uh, he's in, he replies to all of my tweets with really, really thoughtful comments. So good to be speaking to CJ. I'll give him a follow. Go for it, CJ. What's up, homie? Hey, everyone. So, uh, hey, uh, as, as always, uh, it's been just uh, wonderful listening to NFT God. He's so insightful, and I just love uh, how far is his vision. I didn't know that he's taking the game for a long run, but it's just uh, amazing to see how someone can build a brand and take care of his reputation and his brand's reputation so seriously. Because uh, uh, when we see uh, as a whole or majority of our brands or projects or even influencers, they're not taking um, uh, consideration of their own integrity or their own brand. And they're just uh, cashing, uh, you know, cash grabbing basically for, for, few bucks in, in the start as NFT God already summarized this topic. I think um, with uh, IP, uh, the thing is Web3 uh, allowed us to have a platform. Uh, just to give you an example, if I buy a board at Yacht Club NFT, it already gave me a leverage. Now people knows me. I can build anything I want. You know, so that's uh, a foundation of innovation. And that's where the IP comes in. But as uh, you already mentioned that there are risks involved when somebody else use the same PFP similar to you and they are using for something very um, not, not, not in a good way or not in a good branding, that, that hurts. So basically, you build your own brand, you build your own name and create something on your own. As NFT God already summarized that he is focusing on his uh, newsletter, not anybody, not everyone is playing the long game, but I think we need to innovate and that gives us uh, a, a great platform to build basically whatever we want to build. That's unique. We have the platform. People know that people know NFT God, people know you by your name, by your PFP. So whatever you'll build, people will trust your uh, vision. And that's basically, I think, uh, the PFP uh, brand or IP gave us. Yeah, exactly. That's what we were talking about. And what I was trying to say before was, is, it's just, you see the, the monkey. I remember back when I was in the creeps community, you know, back in like January and I was really into it. I forget who DM'd it to me. I don't know what it was. I, I think I was debating someone or something and someone DM'd me. It was just like, I just warn you, like people are going to start to recognize that monkey in every discord you go into and whatever you say here is going to carry on with you wherever you go. 
So you just you just want to be careful with the messages you put out there. And that's really stuck with me is like, okay, this monkey, wherever people see, whether it's in Discord, Twitter, wherever, it's going to be recognizable. And the things you say are going to stick with it. So CJ, I think you're right. It's just about building your brand. And when people see you show up in a space or show up on their, their feed, uh, you got to make sure they're thinking about the right things and there's trust there. Hell yeah, uh, also, I, I can uh, I can add a little bit more. Uh, I I recently came over to a project, uh, CPG Club. Continue, um, uh, his founder, and he's doing some wonderful work. Uh, they're the, the the branding that they're doing right now for their next uh, um, collection. I think that's for a unique model. I I think like CPG music, CPG merch, CPG. So they're basically diversifying their. Uh, their name and they're not sticking it to their own brand to, uh, to, to, to get, uh, to get themselves hang in a boundary, but they're diversifying. So I think once you build a reputation, once you build something, you can, uh, you can innovate and create anything you want. And that's, that's where the innovation will come. And that's how we will find new ways to monetize. Uh, cause right now what we're doing, we're just using the web to monetization model. We haven't discovered the Web3 monetization model. And as we go on, we will find some very interesting models and that will work perfect with us. I love I think you're I think you're spot on, CJ. Um, one thing we didn't touch on is when you're considering IP and you know, a lot of projects are, are talking about that they, you know, have IP rights. Uh, one thing to consider is like just a commercial license. And um, you know, just like he was we were talking about these the creeps. They have this uh, commercial license that goes up to about 100k. Once you hit that 100k, you have to apply for a new license. Now, none of us know what that license is because uh, the you know no entrepreneur has kind of flexed that far yet. But um, once it does hit, you you would probably be able. I mean, the web the next web two, web three model could possibly just be um, you know a web two business, obviously like commercial rights, commercial license, uh, you know masters and exclusive rights and stuff like that which would i mean it would turn you away from it's still in the ip category but it would be more specific and maybe uh you would be able to earn it just off like your entrepreneurship and how fast you can build your brand and uh you know maybe it would be able to limit on who else could uh do the brand the same way but yeah just uh yeah we're yet to see what the new model will be that sounds sexy. I fucking like that. That was sexy shit. Yeah. Uh, fuck yeah, man. Uh, that that makes that sexy to me because I'm like, you know, then it becomes a, um, uh, for me, it becomes like a, a game. Like, how do I get it to 100,000 just so I can level up and be like, all right, what is the next step? And to be like the the first person to to reach that 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 level, um, I don't know, that would be dope. Just, just to be like, to find out what the next step is, right? Um, you got me thinking about that, man. You got me thinking about that a lot. Uh, Misha, how are you doing today? Um, hey guys, how are you? Thank Excellent. you for being up. Hey Misha, welcome. welcome. Uh, hey, uh, question for the to God. Uh, thank you for sharing your story and approach to brand building. Uh, I learned on the other space that you have a full-time job. Uh, at what point do you think? You'll, you'll transition from a full-time job to working full-time on uh, NFT God. Maybe when you reach like a million subscribers or maybe your full-time job is some, somehow adjacent to Web3 and kind of like adds to, to your NFT brand. 
yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a good question. It's obviously something I, I think about a lot. Uh, you know, when I was growing up and when I started my career, my goal was always kind of, you know, I need to do something so I quit my job and do that other thing. And I think that's still a goal of mine. Uh, but at the moment, I, I don't know if it's a short-term goal. I want to be able to do both for as long as humanly possible. I, I worked very hard and long to get to this point in my career where I am. Um, for some context, I, I manage a team of tech consultants, and I really enjoy doing it. And yeah, it's very satisfying. It's, it's a force, and it's allowed me to, you know, do a lot of things I want to do. And so for me, as long as I can do both, I'm going to try to do both as long as I can. And, you know, there are downsides to that. I, I pretty much work from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep on both these things. They both take up a lot of time, but I enjoy both of them. So it doesn't feel like work to me, as cliche as that sounds. Uh, the point I would consider, um, you know, going NFT God full time would be when I think that I'm limiting my upside of earning potential because of the time I spend at my job, right? So I think about my income at my job. I think about my income for NFT God. And I think, okay, if I were to free up the 10 or 12 hours I spend a day at my full-time job, would I be able to make more doing NFT God than both of those combined? Once I get to that point where it's like, okay, if I free up those 12 hours, I can make more than both of them combined, then I would consider it. But right now, I'm young enough where I'm happy to work extremely hard, right? I'm happy to put off gratification for as long as humanly possible and sacrifice my time doing these two things so that one day, you know, I can make that move at the right time. But I'm happy de-risking as much as humanly possible. Like as long as I do both, if NFC God disappears tomorrow, then it doesn't matter. Like nothing in my life changes. I can continue doing my job and, and continue supporting myself and everything I want to do. So basically, moral of the story, I said a lot there. Uh, I want to do both for as long as I possibly can because it A, de-risks the situation. Um, and B, it just increases my earning potential until I get to the point where it makes more sense for me to be NFT God full time. Uh, I said a lot. Did I? explain all that clearly Misha yeah makes sense thank you also and uh, just just on that topic you mentioned gratification so for a lot of people delaying gratification is a big challenge was it a challenge for you though no it, it's, it's not a challenge for me at all uh, I believe it's a skill set delaying gratification you know if you if you don't eat I'm, I'm like an ice cream addict I eat a ton of ice cream uh, I, every night after dinner, eventually get that hankering to eat the Trader Joe's chocolate chip ice cream sandwiches because they're like the best ice cream sandwich on the planet. And for the record, if Trader Joe's ever sponsored me, I would chill the fuck out of their ice cream sandwiches on my timeline. I wouldn't care. Um, but I, I There's not a price, but there's a product. <laughs> yes. I invariably get the hankering for that. But... If I don't eat an ice cream sandwich for like two weeks, I stop having that, having that hankering. So what I'm trying to say is is that delaying gratification is comes from discipline. It's a skill set, and if you put your mind to it and make it a habit of not chasing gratification, it becomes extremely easy to do. 
But if you become in the mindset where you go from one dopamine hit to another or, you know, one vice or one addiction to another, then it is hard to push off gratification. But if you build discipline and habits that support you not chasing gratification, then it's very easy to do. NFT God, the David Goggins of Web3. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll go the opposite in there. I say, quit your job today. Do whatever you want on some Gary V shit. Uh, go to somebody and say, I'll work for free for 30 days. Uh, no, don't, don't do any of that stuff. It's all bad advice. Uh, let's see here really quick. We got Chrome, uh, Chrome Doves. How are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Excellent, buddy. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Hey, everyone. Um, the questions for, for NFT God, actually, actually, before I start that, I just want to say, you know, NFT God, I love the thread you've been putting out. Stuff's super informative. I'm sure you've, you've been helping a lot of people along the way. Um, you know, so, so love, love all your work. Um, you know, I also really appreciate, you know, your focus on, on your brand. And I guess my question revolves around, um, you know, at what point have you thought about, you know, making your own sort of PIP that further integrates into your brand? Because I feel like, you know, your followers at this point, they follow you for, you know, you and your content, less so the PFP. And, and right now, you know, you, you're, you continue to promote, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club, you and the Yacht Club. Like, at what point does that tipping point not make sense anymore? And, and, you know, you decide to make a PFP, and not a collection, but a PFP that represents NFT God and, and, you know, further cement that brand into people because, you know, people are very, obviously, you know, um, they're very, very visual, right? So right now it's a mutinate that links to NFT God, but you know, maybe it doesn't have to be, right? It could be your brand. Like, well, how, how do you balance that? Yeah, it's, it's something a lot of, quote unquote, NFT and Web3 influencers eventually do, right? Is they, is they start their own PFP project or whatever it is. I have no intentions of any time soon doing something like that. And there's a lot of reasons why. Um, one is, by releasing an NFT project, yes, you get a payday from, you know, the minting it out or whatever it is. Uh, but now you change things where you, in a way, owe your holders. And, like, I could release it and say, hey, this thing has no utility. This is just you being a fan of me, whatever it is. If the price of that asset were to go down, people would look at me differently. And as I was talking about earlier in my branding, I don't want to do anything, especially in a phase like I am now and will be for a very long time of just like kind of hyper growth. I don't want to do anything that sacrifices that image. And yes, I believe, you know, if I release a PFP, it, you know, it would give me some more exposure because people would set it and people would talk about it. And, you know, you look at Frank, he totally blew up when he released D-Gods. But if D-Gods were to ever tank and lose value, Frank's integrity and reputation would be gone, even if it wasn't of any fault of his own. If D-Gods were to go to zero, people just wouldn't look at him the same. And so I'm thinking super long-term, right? And I don't want to introduce that risk of releasing an NFT project and it potentially losing value and me losing my, my reputation. So it is a way to make money. It is a way to potentially make a ton of money. Um, but I don't want to introduce that risk right now. And so I'd rather my product I'm releasing be much more representative of me, which is, you know, the threads I write or my newsletter or the blog post or whatever I come out with in the future. I want those 
products, which I control, you know, which I can control top to bottom, be much more representative of me than an NFT project, which I can lose control of the narrative of very easily if the price starts fluctuating. I, I listen. I, I yeah. I, t- I totally agree with that. I think I think you. I think that's. I think that's what I play. No, I think that's like you know you're not sacrificing sort of short term profitability. You know you're really looking at things in long term rewards. I, I agree with that. I guess my my point was not so much a project, but a PFP for yourself and for you only. That you know, like having that design, having that thought thought out, but not and not selling that, but just having that for you. Like what do you like? How do you balance that? Is that something you that you think about? And that's not a project. It's not something something to sell, but like more so an image that you rock and it's like anyone who sees it, say, oh yeah, that's NFT God. Yeah. That it's not a mutant or associated with any type of, uh, that it's not associated with any type of project at all. It's something that's just right. your shit. Yeah, yeah. But it's the brand is NFT God though, right? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. The brand, the, the brand yeah. is NFT God. The brand is, and I go back to it. It's in the name, but would you consider having a PFP that you feel is recognizable, that not a tied or associated with any, specific project and and yeah. you would take would take a hit on that in the short term right because no one know what that is but in the long term right let's say a year from now right then all of a sudden that image becomes extremely recognizable yeah i i just don't think i'm ready for that kind of brand reset yet i think it's possible you know a lot of brands keep the same branding for a very long time. And then once they hit a certain level of success, then they'll pivot and do something new that represents the new level of success they're at. Maybe sometime very far down the road, but I look at the upside and the downside of doing something like that. Now I do believe my PFP is very recognizable in the state. It is amongst the web three community. If I ever got to the point where I was now outside of this web three bubble where people recognize nft god from outside of web3 then i would consider changing it to something that's not an nft and something that's you know a a more customized and personal brand to myself but for as long as my audience is the web3 community which i don't i don't think i'm anywhere close to being outside the web3 bubble yet um i just i don't see the upside of changing my my branding from what it is now even though despite it is uh, you know, a, a mutant ape yacht club PFP. Sticking to his guns. I fucking love it. Fucking just fucking, I'll die on this hill. I'll die here. Uh, love it. I fucking just love it, dude. Uh, I think that's a great question though. Chrome Dubs. Uh, uh, I know I answered the question two different ways, but uh, I, I think that's an excellent question. I like it. It's, it's a good thought exercise. So I appreciate it, man. Gratitude hotels. How are Always you doing? Always good to hear your thoughts. Uh, uh, you. GM, GM. Uh, I'm good, and I was going to ask a uh, probably unpopular opinion uh, towards Chrome. Where uh, right now he, I love the PFP, I love the art behind it, right? But let's say he reaches out to people, and the, his first project's not successful, his second one is not, his third is. He'll be like, "Hey, this guy was acting like a girl," and then they'll compare you to Zagabon, right? And so it's like it's one of these where it's like, well, what do we do with these PFPs that signal something different? And uh, what, what do you think about that? Because that, that's kind of controversial now. Like, are you, you asking about like digital identity, right? And like, my PFP's a girl, and uh, like, I'm talking as a dude. Is that is that the, is that the question? Right. And or, I don't think there's anything wrong the, with or it. Or the multiple failed projects question. Which one? Which one should I answer? The uh, 
PFP as the yeah. digital identity, which I don't think there's anything wrong with, but other people yeah. do. I think that's a good question. I, I think I think it depends on who you're talking to, and obviously it can be extremely sensitive. Um, for for me, I think if people are being transparent and like people like if people you know if I talk in space, it's very obvious I'm I'm a dude, right? Um, and then if you know if someone's really more vocal and like I think you can kind of tell like the way someone talks on Twitter, it's, it's, this person's a guy or girl. Um, no, you can't always tell, but you know there's some indicators. One, two, like I mean, you know when I play like you know. Uh, Games sometimes like I actually really like to play the girl characters, um, you know, because they look they look a lot more slick. They're actually more nimble, um, and yeah, it's just more fun. I remember I played Combat Arms. I don't know if you guys know. It's basically like an old Nexon FPS game, very similar to like Counter Strike. Like all my friends, like it was universally understood that the girl characters, the girl avatars, were actually a lot better. Um, so everyone plays girl characters. Uh, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that, uh, as long as people are like you know clear. And, and, and you know you're clear you're not like trying to be a girl um you know that's i think that's probably the only thing i, I think it comes down to like intent and, and what you're trying to do yeah, it's, thank, it's, thank you guys uh, yeah you know um when it comes to the digital identity stuff um it's you know it's tough to it's tough to navigate but i think it is one of the most important parts of this nft um take experience or this web3 experience um but yeah let's get back to these questions and stuff we don't want to take too much time from uh, NFC God. Um, uh, CJ, I see you got your hand raised. Um, what's that? Thank you. Uh, I, I just wanted to ask a question to NFT God. And basically it was um, uh, on the subject that we haven't covered yet. And that is the NFT God brilliant content. So as he knows that um, I, I read him a lot. <laughs> I, he had like 2000 tweets and I just read all of them and and I read a mega thread on NFT God and his journey in Web3 and that was just amazing and at that moment I realized that this guy has a vision behind whatever he says so my question is um, your content is different the style is different, your language uh, is realistic, it's so simple, everybody relates to that and I've noticed that you like copywriting as a subject. Uh, so what, what's your thought process behind uh, your ideas for the content? And when you write, what, what do you think or what do you want to translate to your uh, audience? Because that hits that as, as uh, somebody else also um, said that whenever you write something about uh, mental health, it just sticks with the person that, yes, we need something like that. So what's the thought process behind that? Yeah, so I read a really good book. Uh, it's called Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. I'd highly recommend everyone uh, download on their Kindle or buy or whatever. It's an excellent book, especially if you're trying to make content. And basically what it's about is, is, is learning in front of people, right? Like you don't need to be a professional in order to make content like a, a lot of the fear people have when they get into content creation is who am i like who am i to go out here and tell people how to do things like i'm not an expert the thing is people don't care about that they don't want to hear from experts they want to hear from people turning into experts and so what i'm trying to say is like what my mindset was when i was creating my content and still do is i like to learn in front of people so as i was talking about a little bit earlier like it's it's NFTs as a whole is a very mentally 
dangerous game to play between the dopamine hits of gambling and Twitter. Being on social media all day is very dangerous. And so I had to learn as I grew in in the space and as I was going on, like how to manage that mentally. And so as I would learn that, I would tweet out about those things. Uh, so that's where my content comes from. It's just things I'm learning. You know, I, I tweet about NFTs and trading strategies, and those are just things I learned as I was going along. So my content creation strategy is be authentic to myself and talk about things I'm learning. And so for me, a, a thought exercise I did very early on is I, I may have a Google sheet. I just did like a brain dump of everything I'm interested in and know about. And I, you know, when I'm thinking there are brainstorming on content, I just look at that list and find something and create content on it. And I, I do have my own, I guess, unique writing style I've built. I've actually been building it for a very long time. I've, I don't have any kind of classical training in, in writing or anything like that. But writing has been a hobby of mine for my entire life. Uh, you know, when I was like five years old, my parents bought me a typewriter and I would used to like write stories on it. And then, you know, as I got older, uh, you know, before NFTs, I was actually in the traditional finance space uh, on NFT on Twitter. And, you know, I was very much into stock investing and things like that and long-term investing. And I actually started like a blog and a Twitter account with a a traditional finance brand. And I would blog and and tweet about that. Uh, And then I eventually made my way to NFT. So I've been honing kind of my writing style and my voice for a very long time. Um, so that's where my writing style comes from is just, you know, a lot of practice. And then the, the content itself of what I'm talking about and creating is just me talking about things I'm learning and how I'm learning it. Because I think that's what people really relate to the most is just things you're learning and how to get to like a specific point of expertise. Did I answer your question, CJ? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, bro. NFT God, do you have time for one more question? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I'm making a Trader Joe's pot stickers after this, uh, which I'm very excited about. Uh, if there's any Trader Joe's representatives here who want to start sponsoring me, let me know. All of Us Radio is sponsored by Trader Joe's. Uh, this just in. Uh, Trader Joe's will also be in the NFT God newsletter, bro. I don't think you, I don't think it'd be difficult for you to make that happen at all. I'm being honest, NFT God. I think that you just write to him and it'll happen. I I believe it's that easy, bro. And uh, I encourage you to try it. Um, Keys, how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, guys. Okay, um, so my question is, um, yeah, good morning, everyone. So NFT God, okay. uh, yeah. I've been following you for like two months already because I just started using like Twitter for um, keeping class of NFTs and so I just got into the free space not up to six months yet and I've noticed a lot of you guys I mean influencers talk a lot about projects and all so I want to know like there's one of your tweets I read a day ago I think two days ago and you were kind of talking about NFTs and how to stay ahead of the market. So, how do you um find your metrics for investing into projects? Like you just mentioned, everything about um culture and having a founder that is actually solid in the web three space, which is um really good. Having a knowledgeable founder behind the project and 
nowadays I notice that most projects usually are backed by influencers like influencers um retweet them, post about them often and they end up getting a lot of followers which actually drive forces on Twitter by making people try getting on the white list, investing on it but um blindly and all. So is it um advisable to follow influencer blindly and also how do you um stay out of the market? I mean ahead of the trend because it's easier to say that okay, look out for projects that have fine art and all. But it's not really easy to set them out, especially when your Twitter algorithm is not bringing out the best of um the NFTs, like upcoming NFTs to look into and all. So yeah, like how do you sorry now you can actually skip the question as well or if you could answer it to many learn. Yeah, so uh, I think you asked a couple of things there. I think I'll try to break it down as best as I can. Uh, one thing I heard is, should you follow influencers blindly? Uh, I think most people here are probably going to guess what my answer is to this. Uh, no, uh, you should never follow influencers both blindly or with sight, right? I, I, I think that there's a lot of um, bad actors in the space. I believe a lot of the influencers in the space are, are bar- bad actors as well. Uh, I, I think that it's human nature to feel the temptation of making money and, you know, want to take advantage of it. And when you become an influencer, new avenues of revenue open up to you, uh, not all of them being ethical. For instance, you know, pumping and dumping, saying, oh, I love this project. And then, you know, dumping it on your followers when they, when they buy it. And so because of that possibility for corruption, I never buy any NFTs that uh, influencers talk about at all. I, I thought the Ranga art was really cool, but so many influencers were talking about it that I just, I couldn't do the move because I, there was just too much possibility for, you know, corrupt acts there. Uh, so to answer that question, uh, no. And then I think the other question I picked out of what you said was, how do I kind of come up with what I look for when researching projects? Honestly, I just, I just keep my ears to the pavement. Uh, I see what's working and what doesn't. And then, you know, I, I just try to write a narrative in my thread that's as compelling as humanly possible. And, you know, I'm not saying everything I say about NFTs is correct or not. You know, when I came out with that thread a couple of days ago on like the five biggest trends on NFTs, I don't know if it's for sure the thing or not, but I, I tried to write something that was compelling that I believe to be true. And, you know, I'm not telling anyone what to do when they read that. My, my message wasn't buy these NFTs because I think they're the trend. My message was, you know, here's some interesting trends I'm seeing, you know, factor this into your research when you're looking at projects. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Okay. Yeah. So, I was not saying I wait a lot. I was not saying that you were trying to shield the project or I was just like, how did you um kind of like grow into that narrative? I mean, what actually gave you the um all I say like the signal that okay, these things are things that can actually keep you out of the market. Like I'm just trying to kind of like copy trade. I mean copy your playbook of researching about projects and also looking out for projects in that same kind of way. Like, if I could train myself as well to be good enough to spot out all these um, things in projects earlier on, even before they um, blow up, 
even before the influencer um start getting into the project. Yeah, yeah Keith, a couple things. One is it, it just purely comes from me being, you know, in tune to the markets and watching what's working and what isn't and looking for narratives and seeing what narratives make sense. And then I just took those narratives and I put it in my thread. But two, uh, I'd also say this. I think it is very, very difficult to make money in this market right now. Uh, I've maybe made two trades in NFTs in the last four months. Uh, and they were very small and neither of them work, to be quite honest with you. Uh, so, you know, I, I, when I write threads like that, it's to talk about the narratives I'm seeing in the market, uh, but I, w- I wouldn't recommend like chasing anything I'm saying or like making a bunch of moves or trying to get ahead of people. Uh, I just think that's a, a very difficult thing to do right now. And I, I actually, my, I have a thread uh, that's scheduled for tomorrow at 9.03 that talks about how difficult I think it is at the moment to make money in the space and other ways to potentially make money other than trading NFTs. Fuck yeah. NFT God always coming with the high value fucking knowledge, uh, bringing value to the space every fucking day. Um, NFT God, it's always a pleasure, bro. Thank you so much for um, always stopping by here um, and and being a part of this, man. Uh, I appreciate you so much. Um, it's been fucking, it's been awesome watching you grow. You've always got some tips. I enjoy getting to agree with you and disagree with you, um, on aspects. And, uh, um, I, I genuinely, uh, love the conversations that we have, man. So thank you for it, bro. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. You're, you're truly the definition of the label day one. You're, you're definitely my day one guy. So I always appreciate it. I'll be back again. I love doing the show. I love the conversation and the questions. And I really appreciate everyone who uh, took the time. This is like a two-hour space to sit here and listen. And I appreciate you all, too. So uh, real free to yeah, thank you, guys. I'm happy to answer any questions you have. And, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. all this value you've been adding, we can't wait till you start taking, man. When you uh, when you start asking, he's going to ask for a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to uh, take so much one day. You just wait and see. I can't and then we need wait. the address. We need an add a risk at the bottom for anyone who is like, what the heck is a Trader Joe's? It's just a grocery store and it's a, they sell a bunch of bomb food. So <laughs> chill that away. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of coming back, NFT, God, um, I, uh, one of the things that I, that I am happy, and you were here when we talked about it last time, is that um, I'm going to be celebrating our 69th episode uh, soon. I don't, I, uh, it's probably going to fall on like a, a Tuesday or Thursday is when I, when I believe it's going to happen. Um, and, uh, but I'd love for you to drop by there. Even if it's just to say, hi, man, it's going to be a very lax space, but, uh, I'd love to see you there, man. A uh, few weeks, it'll be a few weeks, but we're getting there, man. For sure. Let me know when that is. Uh, hit me up in my DMs. We'll, we'll, make, we'll make it work. Fuck. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming again. NFT God. It's always a good time with you. I'm always shocked when you say that you're in your 30s because you're so wise beyond your years. I love it. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you for all of the alpha, all of the life inspo. I needed that today. Thank you, Britt. I, I appreciate talking to you as always. Thanks for all your, your amazing questions. And uh, yeah, I'll be back and I look forward to talking to you again. Hell yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up uh, for us. 
today, man. Uh, NFT God, homie. We, we tackled uh, monetization. I'll spell it however I want to, dog. I'll spell it however I want. And I already fixed it. Show. I already fixed it. <laughs> uh, bro, uh, if you enjoyed the space, man, make sure to check us out Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're either interviewing a really awesome guest or uh, just messing around. Tomorrow, we have a dude coming on that's making some really awesome plushies uh, with people's NFTs, man. And I'm stoked about it uh, because I'm a fan of IP. I'm a fan of merch. Um, so I hope you'll stop by tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, life is awesome, bro. Uh, and uh, remember, man, the, the way we get there is everybody working together, sharing this type of knowledge, uh, getting it around because it's not about one of us. It's about all of us. I love every single one of you. Thank you for tuning in. Stay awesome. Be safe. Peace.